Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. It's me today that's hosting because, uh, unfortunately, Craig has got internet trouble over there in Ireland. A bit like our defence. It's all over the place. So, uh, unfortunately, you've got me today to go through the uh, shambolic weekend that it was of Arsenal Football Club. Well, what can you say, boys? What can you say? Manchester City come into town and, well, within 15 minutes, it was game over. Game over. And uh, I... For me, yesterday, felt sorry for the for the paying Arsenal fans that um, some of them paying up to hundred pounds to watch Manchester City in a training session. That's how I see it. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, very very disappointing. Um, my 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 thoughts on it, boys. This is what I think of it. Um, you know, hope that Arsenal can win every game when they when they can. When if they can't, you know, you can't expect to win every game, but. When a team's better than you, the one thing that you can do is match them for work rate. And we didn't even do that yesterday. They worked, they worked harder than us. In fact, they showed us up really, you know what I mean? What what um what lazy players we've got, you know, and I will go from our front three, which was um no, sorry, our front well, two of them anyway, which was uh Abamyang and um Pepe got shown up on match of the day, apparently got shown up when I watched it yesterday as well. Made me even more angrier when I see it. Like, you know what I mean? When you see like players of Man City chasing back and then just seeing ours just walk back. Martinelli can come out with credit. Meza Ozil, we'll have a little chat about him like that. But as far as I'm concerned, showed more passion kicking uh, kicking his gloves off than he did at any any stage of the game. And as for the defending, well, I'll tell you what, it, you know, I think if we was in the championship, I don't think we'd be in the in contention for that without defending. I really don't. It's just absolutely awful. You know what I mean? I just can't. Some of the def- you know, Callum Chambers, who I've, we've we've sort of backed on the on here every now and then. My well, my God, what was he doing for the first goal? The second goal was embarrassing, and you know, let's face it, boys. At half time, I honestly felt I could have walked out. 
I could have actually gone home at half time. It was, you know, and from my point of view, I don't know how you feel, boys. It could have been eight or nine if they really wanted it. I think that they felt that they've got games coming up. Game was one and just took their foot completely off the gas and went from uh, second gear because that's all they got into down to first gear. Harry, thoughts on it, please? Over yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty depressing, weren't it? I mean, we went there not really expecting to beat Manchester City. I don't think anybody did, given the way we've been playing over the last few months. Um, but like you said, at the very least, you want to match them for work rate. You want to match them for desire. And you hope that in front of our own supporters, we would show a bit more than we did. Um, the defending left a lot to be desired. And it for me, it wasn't so much the fact that, um, you know, for the first goal that Jesus got in behind is how easy it is for him to then put the ball across the penalty area, which is what really frustrates me. You saw it with the second goal as well. De Bruyne, he's got three players around him and he's just carrying the ball, but nobody wants to make a challenge. And it's as if everybody's running scared. And, you know, I, I said this on Twitter last night. I think that Kevin De Bruyne is one of the most complete footballers I've ever seen in the sense that he can shoot, he can pass, he can dribble, he can cross, he's powerful, he works hard. Therefore, you cannot allow him like that sort of freedom and expect not to be punished. Um, but, you know, aside from the defending for a minute, Arsenal were pretty toothless going forward, I thought, as well, mm. which was the frustrating thing. Other than a few bursts from Gabriel Martinelli, there wasn't really anything else of note. And that, for me, is what's really concerning. We all know that Arsenal got defensive troubles. But the way that we, we just threw the game away, in my opinion, inside two minutes, you know, the minute we conceded that first goal, we were playing into City's hands. They were always going to be happy to sit a little bit deeper, uh, collect the ball and just hit us on the break with their pace and with their class. And, you know, it was yesterday was almost symptomatic of, of what is happening to Arsenal as a football club at the moment. The disinterest um, from some of the fans, you know, people leaving really early. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and slate them because I, I get why they did it. You know, you've given up your Sunday afternoon. As you mentioned, Lee, some people have paid 90 to £100 for a ticket for that game. To watch that, of course, they're going to be frustrated and they're going to take it out. You know, there was a few incidents in the game which we're going to come on to discuss in a little bit. Um, the the Mesa Ozil thing and, and various other bits and pieces. News today that, that Mikel Arteta looks like he's going to take over. A little bit underwhelmed, if I'm honest. Um, and just looking at what I saw yesterday, I don't think even Jesus Christ himself could turn his ship around at the moment. No, I have to agree with you. We're going to talk about uh, Mesut Ozil because George has come into the chat who I met on the tube yesterday. He's got a fantastic nickname for him called Slozel. That's what he calls him now. Like, absolutely quality, like, you know what I mean? Because, he, you know, we'll get on to him in a little while. First of all, Dan, what, what's your thoughts on it? I'm going to start with two positives. Trust me, they're only going to be very, very quick because it's hard to be positive. I don't think Leno gets enough credit. I think the amount of uh, shots that he has to deal with game after game, I actually do rate Leno as a goalkeeper. Um, we've had a lot worse at the Emirates, trust me. We've had some shockers over the years. But I really do like this lad, and I think that he's got a lot to uh, for, for us to be pleased about because I actually do like the fact that he is quite good with um, not just his shot stopping, but also he seems to have a, a quite a kind of calm attitude about him. I don't really see anything too erratic from him. So I'm a fan of Leno and I think if it wasn't for him yesterday, it could have been eight or nine. thought that save onto the post was world-class. Um, so that's one positive. The other positive is Gabriel Martinelli. 18-year-old, um, I think. Uh, probably giving 
more effort than anyone I've seen on that pitch for the last couple of games. Can't believe he's not started before now. Every time he's been on the pitch, he has done something in the game which has got me excited. So for me, those are the only two positives I can take. The other player I didn't think that was horrendous was Torreira. And it does look like he's a little bit better in the middle when he's starting to be given a little bit more ability to hold in midfield. Now I'm going to come on to some negatives. <laughs> um, of which there I are start? plenty. <laughs> of which there are plenty. I'm going to start with Aubameyang and Pepe. Now, listen, I didn't go yesterday to the game because I actually had a Christmas weekend with family that are moving up to Scotland uh, for Christmas. So I'm not going to see them. So this was the only weekend we could see them before Christmas. And I'm so glad that I didn't go and watch that rubbish. I ended up selling me tickets um, for only about 65 quid each. And I'm more than happy with that because that was absolute toilet, what they, uh, what they had to sit and watch. So I feel sorry for them for going and sitting through that. But for me... I had it on, my brother-in-law had it on Sky Go and I, I looked at the looked at the, the, his phone there and I saw Martinelli go through about 30 seconds in. I thought, bloody hell, this looks all right, doesn't it? It's not so bad, but not bad start. 30 seconds later, we're 1-0 down. And the defending for that goal, <clears throat> I've got to point it out, I know that I give him a lot of stick and people have, people have said to me, I'm harsh on this, lad. But if anyone can please find the time to explain to me what Kalasenak is doing for though, for the whole of that game, then please, I will. I'd love to be proven wrong. I'd love someone to tell me that this guy is a good player. Okay, I'd love it. I'd, I'd, I'd love to be proven wrong. I'd love him to an absolute blinder. I've got and to defend last... him. I've got to defend him. I've got to defend him. Just briefly, I've got to defend him because the only times yesterday that Arsenal picked up the ball and powered forward in that first half were when he was on the pitch. The only moments of energy and, and you know power that Arsenal showed in that entire first half when Serkalasi that's got on the ball. Yes, he's not a good defender. He's not an out-and-out defender. He's a wing-back. He's not a full-back. But I, I I just feel like we're picking on the wrong man here. I think he's been all right in the last few weeks, Dan. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to... Sorry, Dan, but I, I'm going to have to go with Harry. I think, which is not a great thing, but he's been our best player in the last three or four games since um, Freddie Lumbo's come into it. And um, that doesn't really tell me <laughs> a good story that if he is... But I understand what you're saying. He's the best of a bad bunch, let's be honest, like, you know, so. Uh, that, that, that defending for me, I don't know what he's doing. Where, where was he with Sterling then? Was that good, was it? No, that wasn't. No, no. We, we, we <laughs> from his I just thought, what is, I know he set up a goal the other night against West Ham and that's good. That's one, one thing he's done this season, which has been all right. But the, the, for me, the defending there is just comical. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. I, I wouldn't mind if it was me at Sunday League or hungover. Do you know what I mean? But this yeah, is guys on 100, 125 grand a week he's on now and I don't think he's, he's deserved it. That's the one critic I got for him. The other player I got, he's already mentioned, is Callum Chambers. Now, I've said this guy, He's not good enough for Arsenal for most of the season. However, he has been probably the best of a bad bunch, in my opinion. When it comes to uh, people wanting to give him a chance, I think it's because he's young and English and, and he does look like he tries hard. But, you know, it was Fulham's best player of the year, but they went down. He was apparently Middlesbrough's, Middlesbrough's best player of the season. They went down. And now he's coming to try and be the best centre-half for Arsenal. I've seen too many errors and he just looks too slow to be a centre-back. He's not good enough to be a right-back. So, again, it's a player that we're going to have to sort of say is better than Luis and Socrates, but still isn't good enough to play at the back. And the, the, the other player that really hates, pains me to say it, 
is Matteo Genduzzi. I don't know what's happened to him the last few yeah. games. He's just looked like an absolute shambles. And what he needs is when he had a real bad, he had a real couple of bad games when we were, uh, I think it was a White Leicester, and then it started to go downhill a bit. He just needed somebody, a captain, a leader, a role model to put his arm around him and say, look, you've played a lot of games, son. All you need now is to, is to get your head right and mentally get yourself into shape. And we've got nobody out there that can do that for the lad. So he's a 20-year-old who's had a lot of pressure on his shoulders because he's played a lot of games. And you've got players on much more money than him that are walking around the pitch in front of him. You need one of those players who are supposed to be these international quality players to put their arm around him. And that leads me nicely onto recruitment, which I want to go into, because I'm not going to talk about Meza Ozil because you want to talk about that as a group. I would just like, I've been wanting to say this for week, weeks and I haven't been able to because I haven't been on here for the last couple of weeks. Recruitment. I'm going to do this as quick as I can. <clears throat> I want to take you back four years now to when Leicester won the league. Okay. We were in a position where we missed out on that. We didn't deserve to win the league, but we had a great chance, in my opinion, to, to compete that season. Everybody else was hopeless. Even Tottenham threw it away, didn't they? So after that season, we were in a situation where, believe it or not, we needed a defensive midfielder and a centre-back. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? So we needed those two positions to be filled. Now, we were offered, if the rumours are true, we could have had £32 million for a player called N'Golo Kante. But at the time, our recruitment said, oh, I don't think we'll go for him. We're going to pay £2 million more and go for somebody called Granite Shacker instead. So he goes to Chelsea and wins the league, right? That's the first thing. Then we would decide... Should we go and pay 12 million for Van Dyke at Celtic? No, no, no. We don't want him. We want this lad called Mustafi from Valencia. He's only going to cost 35 million pounds. 70 million pounds. Meanwhile, down the road for 70 million pounds, Jurgen Klopp buys Salah and Mane for about a million pounds less combined. Then all of a sudden, you look at what we've done since then, since Wenger's gone. We brought in Socrates, David Luiz. We've brought in players like Kalasanek. All of these players, for me, are completely and utterly overrated, yet we've got teams either side of us that are now competing by an Andrew Robertson for 13 million, or was it 8 million from Hull? You look at what happened with Harry Maguire, who went to Leicester from Hull City. You look at what Liverpool did with Wijnaldum, who was at Newcastle, Shakiri at Stoke. You look at players that Jurgen Klopp's brought in, like Van Dijk, like Allison. And all of a sudden, you're looking at that squad now thinking some of these players are going to have been playing for us. And even if you take Kante and Van Dijk and put them into our side now, what would you be seeing us do now? Possibly compete for the top four, maybe even more go with Liverpool and Man City, I don't know. But you would have two commanding leaders on the pitch. And our recruitment has been an absolute shambles for five years now. And if you compare what we've done with Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool and what Arsenal have done in the last five years, it's complete and utter chalk and cheese. Well, I have to agree with that. The recruitment has been shambolic. And uh, they're still there, aren't they? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, I'd have to say that if it was me, they'd be gone, sacked. Raoul, get rid of him. Useless. You know what I mean? I, I look at the recruitment of all over. All over. You know, I look at it now. People put, I had a little rumour today that... Um, Lacazette's house has gone up for sale. That could mean two things. He's moving <laughs> to another club or he's just moving to a bigger house. You know what I mean? So who, who knows? But um, uh, the, 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 it's just everything he's wrong about. Let's, let's go back to what the summer. Let's go back to the summer quickly, you know. I'll say it now. The manager turned around, the coach at the time, you know, he said he wanted Zaha. He never got him. So when you look at things like now, you know, we all know now that Arteta is going to get the job. 
is it, is is Arteta in a <clears throat> in a position to sit there and go, well, for me to, to make this a success, I'm going to need two hundred million pounds. Are they so desperate to sign him that they're going to agree to that? No, but that's what it's going to take. But even if he says right, two hundred million pounds, would you? I wouldn't. I wouldn't back this ball to to spend that properly. No, but you know, I mean, I, I look at the players they're recruiting, and they're just not good enough. We, we've got players at the club, and let's be honest, we, we're trying to get rid of in the summer, but we couldn't, and now they're playing. You know, it, it's you know, shambolic. it makes you like it shows you how bad the previous regime was with Gazidis and Wenger when you were trying to sell Mustafi for five million pounds and he doesn't go, but yet Villa will pay twenty five million for Tyrone Mings, but we can't get five million for Kashoni and Mustafi and El Nini and all these players. These players are toilet. Nobody wants him. Nobody See, wants him. I would say that what's gone on in the last. 18 months or so has actually shown Arsene Wenger in a better light than, than made it, you know, looking back at him and saying, you know, he messed this up from the start. For me, that nobody at that football club is connected. You've got a board signing players that the manager doesn't want. Now, I didn't like Unai Emery. I was one of his biggest critics. But I accept that he didn't want some of those players that were brought into the club. He's even said it. He wanted Fabinho. He didn't want Torreira. You know, there was a lot of players that... Unai Emery probably wanted the club to bring in and they didn't. So until that disconnect is fixed, until you get a manager and the board singing yeah. on from the same hymn sheet, you're always going to have this. The recruitment's always going to be iffy. You're always going to get some players in that actually come in, hit the ground running, and you're going to get others that, that it just doesn't work. And that's kind of the risk you take. Going back to the point about like Van Dijk and stuff, for me, I was laughing at Liverpool when they paid that amount of money for Virgil van Dijk because I don't think anybody could have envisaged that he was going to become probably the best centre-back in world football. So I think there is an element of luck to that as well at times. And you look at, you know, somebody like, um, you know, Sadio Mane came from Southampton, looked a decent player. Again, did anyone really envisage him becoming the player he is? There is an element of luck with any uh, deal that you do you hope that it works out. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. For all the players that we've mentioned that have worked out, we could probably run off a list just as long of players that haven't as well. So I think with that, you know, for me, the Arsenal's problems are much deeper than just the players we've signed. I think the whole structure is broken. At least Arsene Wenger had a clue about football when he was signing players. Maybe his <laughs> ideas were out of date. Um, you know, I totally accept that. But we've fallen further since he's gone. And that's because we've tried to put different people in different positions. Nobody's communicating with each other. I mean, you know, it's a fucking disgrace that we've put Freddie Lundberg in as the interim manager. He doesn't even have staff to work with. He doesn't even have enough Comparison. people. Flipping Burger King have enough staff behind the counter. An Arsenal football club, multi-billion pound organisation at the elite level of sport do not have enough staff to, to run training sessions, to do analysis. It is pathetic. It is a complete and utter shit show. And ultimately, this stems from the Cronkies at the top. They just don't give a shit about this football club. They don't care what happens to it. And the priority, as Gunnar Russ put in the comments, uh, I've lost the comment, uh, but as Gunnar Russ said, the priority's got to be to get him out. Because until he goes, until someone comes in with actual ambition, we're going to be talking about the same stuff over and over again for years and years and years. Yeah, I agree. What we've got to do is we've got to get him out and get somebody in that cares. But also, you have to blame, um, you know, uh, the the Cronkies for, for or whoever 
for employing the shambolic people that are in charge now. You know, Rao, uh, the other fella, um, was it? V9. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I want, they've got to go. They've, they've proved to be incapable of running this football club. Yeah. But this is what I'm saying. I look at it, right? Emery is, is like the beacon, isn't he? Like, not good enough for the football club, so has to go. And, and rightly so, yeah? But these guys are, 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 are as, 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 you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, as culpable as, they, as him. They, they've been useless. It's been, an, as, 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 as Harry says, it's been a, a, a shit show. They've got to go. But why are they still there? Now, Arsene Wenger is coming <laughs> for a lot of stick. And, and you know, we, we've all criticised, you know, and I wanted Wenger out, but... One of the things that really annoyed me about Wenger was that he covered for this ball for many a year, many a season, but, uh, and and took all the all the rubbish. If he would have come out two years ago, and said, "You know what? They're giving me no money, getting this and getting that," the fans would have backed him. The fans would have backed him, but he covered for them, and for that, that was his downfall, as far as I'm concerned, because he shouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? And and then at the end of the day, they 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 stuffed him at the end, and and that was it. Um, Emery come out last season and said uh, uh, in January they've got no funds. You know, uh, you know, and people were trying to make excuses for them. Oh, we've got this on our books, we've got that on our books. Right, so here we go. We go and get five or six of the big earners off the books, right? Off the books. And still we haven't got the, the, the right people in place. You know, I said a year ago, boys, on an interview like, you know, that the whole back four is not good enough. Get rid of it and start again. Now, I'm a fan and I can see that, right? So these people are getting paid, right? And they can't see that. And the one player they've got rid of is Koscielny and that's because he wanted to go. Because I can tell you this now, boys, if Koscielny didn't want to go, he would still be there. Mm -hmm. You know, when are they going to look at other people in this club take responsibility? So as far as I'm concerned now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back Arteta as much as I can. But at the end of the day, there's no way I'm ever, ever going to support this board ever again. Now, I, I'm, I'm infuriated by it all. Like, you know, I, I, I pick up um, uh, on the internet the other day and whatever, like, you know, you've got Ian Wright, Nigel Winterburn, all of them uh, promoting the, the bruised banana shirt, £70 for a shirt just before Christmas. They want you to spend money all the time. And what are we getting back? Nothing. We're getting back championship defenders, championship midfield players, and Europa League forwards. That's what we're getting now. You know what I mean? And and it is absolutely. I just can't see what's going on. I cannot see why. And then I look on Twitter today, and people are trying still defending the ball. Oh, it's not Cronkite's fault. It's we. You know, we have spent money. Right. Okay. We've spent money on crap. So get rid of the people that are spending this money exactly. on crap. Lee, you've got a business. If your business doesn't work, whose fault is it? The people it, it, that work in here. Yeah, but obviously you're overseeing <laughs> you're overseeing it. So you would be held you would you would be to blame if you let them get away with doing jack shit every day and they ran your business into the ground, that'd be your fault for letting uh, them get away with it. And that's the that's the point. And the problem is, like, people are just people just fall for so much absolute nonsense. Like, the summer, oh, we've got Nicolas Pepe, we've got Nicolas Pepe. We know now that Emery wanted Zaha, 
And 72 million probably would have persuaded Palace to sell Zaha. Yeah. But the reason it didn't is because Arsenal don't actually have any fucking money and they want to pay everybody in installments. That is why we didn't get Wilfred Zaha because Crystal Palace did not want to get 10 million a year, 10 million here, 10 million there. They didn't want that. That's that's how Arsenal want to do business. That's why we're limited in the transfer market because we can only bring in people that either cost jack shit or we're going to clubs who are desperate for money and will accept any sort of structured deal. Lille were in desperate need of the money. They needed to secure their future. That's why they took the deal. That is what Arsenal are all about. And then they pull this narrative over everybody's eyes. Oh, look, we spent £72 million. We're still going to be pay paying for him in 10 years' bloody time. And he's crap. He's not done anything. I mean, I'm angry now and I'm going over the top. But for me, Pepe hasn't justified the money we spent on him. He hasn't yeah. yet. But do, do, you not, do you not Go think on, as well, sorry, Lee, do you not I think don't. as well, though, that you look at the positions that we've needed for the last 10 years? Centre-back and defensive midfield. And we're still buying players like Pepe. We're still looking at Lacazette and Aubameyang. We're still getting in the young kids in Martinelli and Sacco, which is great. I'm all for it. When I look at it, I'm thinking, why have we still not got a Patrick Vieira? Why have we still not replaced Gilberto Silva? Why have we still not replaced Sol Campbell? They both they both left 15 years ago. They've been retired about five or six years. It's just an absolute joke that we're still in this position, that we've not even looked at replacing those two positions. But people are still saying, oh, we signed 72 million for Pepe. Now, I know it was only over installments. I know it was actually only about 25 million or whatever it be. But you can guarantee that the Awobi money we still should have sitting there in 40 million pounds. We won't be getting a centre-back with that in January because we're wanting to be spend about 15 million pounds of it over five years. So I just can't understand why we're looking at this situation still with no Sol Campbell replacement and no um, Patrick Vieira or even Gilberto Silva. He was there at the Emirates still and he's still not replaced. You know, we've always had bit part players. We've had Song, Flamini, Coquelin, Arteta, Denilson, Diaby. None of them have been Gilberto Silva or Patrick Vieira quality. They've all just been a bit part job. And now we've done the same with Lucas Torreira. What do we do? We play him up front and we sit around at Chaka there instead. I'm just sick and tired of it. We've not had a proper pre uh, defensive midfielder with presence we've there's there's they're out there boys we are out there we could we could easily get them we don't have to look far we can look in the premier league we can look at indeedy we can look at decore from watford they would come to arsenal but we're not doing that because we want to try and look at what how many people we can get on the cheap you watch what happens in january it'll be bugger all well like if, if if it is you know what i mean you know you've got uh then then the fans have got a decision to make and i think that is you know to, to boycott games, to protest, everything like that has got to come into play. You know, like the Pepe one is nothing more than a PR stunt. Someone just put that in the in the chat. And I totally agree with that because I, I watch, watch Nicolas Pepe, right? And I'm going to say this now. If Awobi was doing that, there would be all hell to break loose. It would be unbelievable. He has done absolutely nothing apart from a goal against West Ham, which was a fantastic goal, I'll give him that. But yesterday, his work rate is not there. You know, he, 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 I, all he'd done yesterday was showboat. That's all he'd done, like little, little uh, flicks and little turns and little stepovers. You know what I mean? I think it was probably the world record for stepovers step without getting anywhere. I think it's got to be a record. <laughs> I'm going to go and have a little look. He'd done 6,662 stepovers and move two yards. You know what I mean? It's a ridiculous thing. You know what I mean? It looks all good on the eye, but it don't get you nowhere. And then when he does a flick in the second half, when you're 3-0 down, all a fancy flick, 
you've got people cheering it. It's you know, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You know, doesn't do enough. A Bamiang uh, yesterday. And how much does it all cost, Lee? Do you know what I mean? Because well, exactly. I just got I, I just got to put this up from Christian here because it's just look at our goal difference. That's what scares me the most. How much money have we spent on our forward front four? And we've got our goal minus difference is minus three. three. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. and, 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 you know, I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna stick up a little bit for Aubameyang, and I'm not gonna like, you know, I thought he was absolutely horrendous yesterday. I'm fed up, by the way, of people giving him a free ride for three or four times, keep pulling out of tackles. Three or four times he's done it now, like you know, and um, oh, well, that's because he's there to score goals. You're still there to put your body on the line. I don't give a give a damn who you are, but when you look at it. He's watching players like De Bruyne, Jesus, having the free freedom of the park. They've got more space than I ever had when I played. And then when he gets the ball, they're on him, touch tight, you know, on men, they give him a kick here and there. Like, you know, it is absolutely horrendous. Um, and he'd been looking at it and I can see him getting frustrated by it, boys. I can see him getting frustrated. You could give yeah. him a ride saying that oh he's not committed or he's not this and he's not that but it's I, I think it is out of absolute frustration now I watched him yesterday and I thought do you know what I'm going to have a good look at you yesterday like you know he does things in fits and starts you know in he'll chase down for two minutes and then he'll have a breather for ten you know yeah we can't be doing this we cannot be doing this we've got to have players that are going to be working hard all the time. When I looked at Man City yesterday, I see them working and working hard. Do you know what I mean? And I don't see it from us. And it starts from the forwards. They start it off, you know, um, and, and, and it goes from there. And I, I have to say, I look at other teams and I see them working hard, working harder than us. And listen, why why Abba and Lacazette get, get a little bit of stick and all that? I've got to go on to him now. And that is uh, Mesut Ozil. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm going I'm to say my piece now. All the fanboys and all that, I don't care no more. I don't care what you think about it. I want players to play for Arsenal Football Club and I want them to do well. And I have backed him and hoped him to do well. I watched him yesterday. It was a disgrace. It was an absolute disgrace. People turned around and said, right, when he comes back into the team, he's going to create. He's not created one chance since he's come back. His work rate is shambolic. You know, this is a player that's got so much talent, boys. You know what I mean? And do you know what highlighted it for me yesterday? Was a kid that come on that's got nowhere near as much talent as him. Done more in five minutes than he'd done in the whole time that he was on there. And showed him up. Showed him up for what he is. Because it doesn't matter how much talent you've got. If you haven't got the heart and desire and passion to play football, then it's not going to work. And for me, Meza Ozil... Slozer was, uh, George called him on the tube yesterday, like summed him up like, you know, and he is going to be given a lot of stick because of what he is and what he ain't and whatever. But, you know, for me, boys, now the time has come. If whoever comes in, it, they've got to bin him. They've got to bin him. And um, I'm sorry, um, they probably should have binned him a long time ago. But I, I thought he'd come in, he'd come in and do the business. But, you know, he's thrown Freddie under the bus. It's just like all of them. Like, you know, the attitude that he showed. Do you know what? I've seen Greenwich Xhaka get a load of dogs abuse and quite rightly for what he'd done coming off the pitch slowly and all that. And if I was watching that, I think, well, that's one thing I'm not going to do because I don't want to upset all that, you know, the 50,000 fans. 
he just walks off like, you know, sod you, like, I don't care. And that's what, that's what, there's players in this football team that do not care about playing for Arsenal Football Club. Get rid of them and quicker the better. But you've got, you got to ask yourself as well why they don't care about playing for Arsenal Football Club. And, and you've got to get to the root of that problem. And the, the, Ozil, prob- the Ozil thing it is not, it, it's been building up, hasn't it? First, it was Unai Emery and he was leaving him out of the team and he didn't want to know him and he was picking on him. And in my opinion, you know, yes, Ozil doesn't perform to anywhere near his capability, but he ain't been worse than the likes of Joe Willock or anybody else that's been coming in and deputising in those uh, positions for him. And then you had the whole incident last week where Ozil, he put something on social media about um, the the Chinese treatment of of Muslims in that country. And I'll be honest, I don't know anything about the subject. I'm not going to sit here and comment on it because I'd be lying and pretending that I know about something I don't. But, you know, that's Mr Ozil's right to say what he wants to say. It's nothing to do with us. You know, he's a Muslim. He obviously feels like he, he had to have his say on that issue. And then for me, Arsenal Football Club have just acted like complete and utter idiots. Now, you don't have to make a single comment about Mesut Ozil's comments. If Mesut Ozil wants to say what he wants to say, you let him say it. In no way has he has he sort of made the point that that is Arsenal's view. Um, so for the club to come out and quickly distance themselves from Mesut Ozil's comments because they're worried about obviously losing uh, TV money and God knows what else in China. For me, that was kind of like throwing Ozil under the bus. And it's another example of where the club haven't necessarily backed him. I'm not saying that excuses his performances, but there's lots and lots of frustrations going on behind the scenes at this football club. Players are getting wound up by all sorts of things. You know, when the second goal went in, I don't know if anybody managed to get a glance at him. When the second goal went in, Ozil absolutely lost his shit. He had the biggest go at our defenders. The biggest go I've ever seen him have at anyone since he's come to Arsenal. He had a massive go about it. Um, and then when he gets taken off, he doesn't want to come off that early in the game. He, he walks off in a in a hump. People booing him. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, because the whole team were absolutely shit yesterday. He walks off. He kicks his glove. So fucking what if he kicks his glove? On the one hand, people are saying, oh, he doesn't care. He doesn't show any emotion. And then when he does show emotion, or like Granite Xhaka showed emotion, the fans were were all over him. It just drives me mad. They're football players. They're human beings. Let them react with a bit of emotion from time to time. We don't have to micro-analyze every single action that these players have. You know, oh, this guy dropped his head. This guy did this. This guy did that. He looked up to the sky. He's so over the top. Lacazette yesterday warming up. If people want to go into so much detail, he looked like he couldn't be asked. He weren't even wearing boots. No, he wasn't. He was was wearing his trainers. But no one would talk about that. That's my point. Well, because I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. That's another one of my things that I've got. You know, listen, I've got no problem with players reacting like Mesut Ozil did, you know, get having the ump and all that, like, you know, I, 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 I had the ump when I got took off, you know what I mean, at times, you know what I mean? It's, it's a natural thing. You want to carry on playing. But the, what gives me the ump about it is, you know what I mean, he, he you know, and I, I get him, he's probably got the ump because he, he hasn't got no justification for not coming off. But what he could actually say is, well, why me? Because as you're quite rightly saying, there's there's the other nine players were were as bit or ten players, nine, eight players. Because I'm going to put in Martinelli done done really well and um, and and Leno, but any one of them could come off like you know what I mean. And I I think that Freddie probably do you know what 
as knew he wasn't going to get the job, felt that he was going to be let down by the senior players. I don't know if you noticed this, but like at the end of the game, three players in the in the midfield in their twenties. I think he just said, right, you know, that's why he done that to just show them that's that's the way to go. That's the way he feels that it's to go. You know, no experience. He took Torreira off as well, didn't he? And played, um, you know, the three twenty-year-olds in there. Um, and I, I think that that was a, um, you know, a relating bit there. Russ has just said in the um, chat there as well about bad eggs. Um, all right, okay, we, we, you know, I, and this is what I'm going to get onto now. What, what sort of, and I, you might think I'm wrong here, but what sort of example does that set when a senior player goes on for a warm up with his trainers? I've never ever seen it in my life as I a didn't football even know that, player. I wasn't even aware of that. Me and my, 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 uh, um, who sits next to me, um, Kevin turned around and says, he's got trainers on there. We, we, you know, my eyes ain't the greatest. I think, no, they can't be. But they were. You know, what gives you the... One, why is he doing it? But two, you have to ask the question, why is he allowed to do it as well? That it's so soft all around. You know what I mean? You know, I, I, I'd like to ask, you know, ex-players or whatever, like, you know what I mean? Have they ever seen it before? Because I've never seen it before. Harry, what's your, what's your take on that? Yeah, it's just it's just complete and utter disrespect, isn't it? It's like, you know, like uh, people were getting onto Freddie yesterday because Saka took so long to come on as well. And it's like he's taking off. If you watch the video, he's taking oh, off. Poor, about, that was poor. Yeah, he's taken off about ten shirts. I mean, where is the where is the organisation? And you know, Freddie ain't got no staff, so I can't really blame it all on him because he can't keep tabs on everything. But it's just the attitude of our players at the moment. It's, it's just completely out of order. It's completely wrong. And, you know, Lacazette's probably pissed off that he's not in the team. And I get that. And he's frustrated and all that. But, you know, you've got to keep some level of professionalism. And, and I saw it straight away. I, I sit in that corner where the subs were warming up. As soon as he come out, it was like, what are you doing? Do you know when I was playing, like, and sometimes when you was on the bench or whatever, right? Our, our subs were told if say like oh judges goes down injured you have to get up and warm up so and so gets down you have to get so you had four or five players you know I mean if they ever got injured you automatically had to get up and warm up it was part of your job right so say if one got injured oh well, I'd have to oh it's you oh it's, it's it's Fred that's got injured right you'd have to go and you'd have people in the bench on the bench nudging them and saying oh you've got to get up and warm up that is semi professional level. This is professional elite level and someone's not right. And we went down to 10 men because of that, right? Now, I'm telling you this now. I was fuming about that because I forgot to mention this yesterday. Like, we had the ball, right? And Sacco's ready. We should have just kicked it out and started again. We didn't even do that. I'm, I'm shouting out, kick the ball off. We're down to 10 men with against Manchester City. And, you know, and for me, it just highlighted all the problems of, of, of Freddie, all the problems of our players. And, and a player going out there with trainers is just, to me, you know, in the second half, in his defence, he had his boots on. But what happens if someone got to You've got to be surely match day ready in your head and things like that. I just don't understand it. I really don't like, you know. That's it. But again, then, it comes down to it comes down to lack of leaders again, doesn't it? It's lack of leaders on the pitch. It's lack of a captain. It's lack of a manager with uh, discipline. It's lack of staff with discipline. It's just a complete and utter shambles. And it goes to prove that again, our owners have completely messed us up. And I've just heard that, and everyone has in the chat box that Ancelotti's gone to Everton. So um, that's a really good bonus for us as well, isn't it? 
<laughs> I, I mean, you, we needed someone, right? Arsenal is a traditional great football club with values, you know, and, and I know that it wasn't really that big a deal about Freddie's suit and all that, but it was certain things that an Arsenal manager was expected to do, that an Arsenal player was expected to do. There was almost a code of conduct around how you had to represent this football club. And that is why I wanted a big name, top-level manager, somebody like Carlo Ancelotti, who's won it all, he's managed all the big football clubs in the world, to come in and say, you know what, fuck the lot of you, you're doing it my way from now on. This is what we're going to do. And someone who's got a big enough name and a big enough reputation to come in and demand from people. Not someone who's going to come in and try and be their friend. Emery was the opposite to that. It feels like Lundberg's trying to be mates with everyone. You know, you, know, you needed that big person to come in and really shake everyone up. Harry, I feel yeah. like Freddie was in a, in a very difficult position because he probably knew that he weren't going to get the job. So if he upsets players... He knows he's got to go back to coaching him in a couple of weeks. And yeah, if you're yeah, dumping yeah. players, you know, I mean, it's a, a very, very difficult position. And all of a sudden, you're not going to get the uh, the respects of, 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 say, someone that you've left out. So it's always going to be difficult. Now, the, the thing with Ancelotti, Ancelotti I, 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 you know, I think we'd all like that from, from that point. But I, I don't think that we need an Ancelotti. I think that we need someone that's all because we're going to need someone that's going to coach players as well, like, you know, make our younger players better. Now, I don't know if that is Arteta. But that's someone we've got to be looking at, someone that's going to be a real coach. Now, I think young and vibrant. I think that's what we need to go for. I just think that Angela is a little bit too old. You know what I mean? That's my opinion. And I think that Arsenal are going to go down the road of young, ambitious. Um, See, I, I had that I had that, view, that mindset as well, Lee, because I, I, I remember saying on here that I wanted Nagelsmann, Ten Hag, a young coach, even Poch, someone who was young and worked with the young players. But do you not think as well now, I'm kind of siding with Harry a bit now, to think that Diego Simeone, Ancelotti, Allegri would just put the shivers up them all and just start saying, right, you're not going out with trainers and just be a bit old school because these players need to wake up big time and it does need a shake up. You know, so maybe that is the way to go. I don't know, but whatever happens, the board look to want Arteta. So it looks to me like we are going to go for a younger coach, and we are going to have to get behind this lad now. I feel, I, I feel like Arsenal have fallen so far in the last few years that we need a stabilizer. We need to stop looking at progressing forward in the next five or six years because right now we're in free fall. We're falling, and we need to stop that first. Then we can look to build. I mean, listen to this. Right, this is this is. This is a manager that's joining Everton now. Three Champions Leagues, an FA Cup, a Premier League, Spanish Cup, German Championship, Italian Championship, Italian Cup, uh, FIFA World Club Cup winner, UEFA Super Cup winner three times, French champion, German. He's won everything in football. And this guy would prefer to go to Everton because they've got a board who are ambitious well, and want to spend money. Uh, I don't know if preferred, Harry. Well, I don't know if I prefer because I don't think Arsenal have gone for him. Yeah, I, that's the difference. Maybe, difference. maybe not. Maybe not. But the fact that he's even considering going to Everton at well, a time when we're in desperate need of a manager is a reflection of where this club is. Well, is I think it? I think Arsenal have you know have not gone down that route. They've gone down a, what they've gone down the route of a young, vibrant manager. But the worrying the one the worrying thing about that though is you just said really not all those things there. All that. Um, all the, uh, and I'm not being disrespectful when I say this about Arteta, the only thing that he's managed is a five-a-side. You know what I mean? Like He's done nothing else. He's not managed a game of football. It's a massive, massive gamble. But this is Arsenal. This is Arsenal. You know what I mean? Everything's a gamble at the moment. Now, I think, right, if also, 
let's, let's be honest about this. I'm going to be, I'm trying to be how, how I see it, right? If um, Arteta was the man to take over, they'd have got him two or three weeks ago, right? Yeah. I honestly think that they've probably gone for somebody else and they've not been able to get them, right? You know? So, say if it is, I don't know, Pochettino, just say it is him or whatever, like, you know? If they go and I Ancelotti and it don't work, right? How are they going to get rid of him? It's so much easier if they get can, can get rid of Arteta and then get the man that they really want. You know, um, that's what I feel. Uh, you know, for me, Arteta um, isn't the answer. I, 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 I'm with you, Harry. I can see like your disappointment in your face that uh, that he's gone to Everton. You know, it's a big kick in the teeth. Don't forget with Arteta also, boys, that was um, uh, an Everton player as well. And on the, on another side of it all there, Ferguson's been doing a quite a decent job for him in the last couple of games. And they've still gone down and got their, got their man. Yeah, because they're ambitious. Got, yeah. And that's, that shows that they're ambitious. That, well, not, as well as that, they've got people in there that care, Harry. Yeah, You know exactly. what I mean? Ken Wright's there every single game. Where exactly, is our met people? Where are don't, they? Don't let this club pull the wool over your eyes and make you think that it's because they want a young, progressive manager, because it ain't. It's because they want somebody that ain't going to challenge the status quo. It's because they want somebody that isn't going to go in there and make demands. They want somebody who the job is bigger than so that he'll be happy to accept it and happy to work under their conditions. Um, just a quick thanks to uh, Shaheen Shamanzar for that donation. Wow. Um, oh, huge, right, huge thanks. Ooh. Um, he says, hope you guys are good, especially the Gov. There is nothing of the club I love left anymore. And the board is to blame and the players to a certain degree. Why a reputable manager would want the job with this group and tight board? Why would they risk their reputation? Is it's exactly a good point. Right. Fantastic it's point. Because, uh, you know, listen, uh, even if we did want Angelotti, if, and I said to him, right, and this could well be that man, like, Angelotti was probably going to be offered more money not 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 financially in himself personally, but more funds at Everton than he is at Arsenal, and that yeah. is the truth. You know what I mean? Like he's probably been offered a girl. I'll give you a hundred, hundred and fifty million pounds to spend at Arsenal uh, at, at Everton. Arsenal are not going to do that. You know, I, I'd imagine that the ball are turning around and saying, "Yep, yeah, you know, Mikel, you you can you can have a a hundred million pound if you sell Arteta, uh, if you sell Aubameyang, and." Um, and Lacazette, then you can have that funds. But that's what it's going to be, boys. You know what I mean? And that is where it comes down. So there's no investment in this club. Why are Everton being able to, to spend out? This is Why are Everton being able to attract someone like Ancelotti and offer him good, a, a good mate when they've got a no stadium, they're building a stadium, they're going to have to do like, We all done this 15 years ago nearly. Yeah, and exactly. still nothing's done. You know, because we've got a board member, a, a man like Cronke, taking all of our money and funding it to a stadium out in America and funding his other stuff. And until we get this man out, we are never, ever going to be able to attract the top players. Something, by the way, was promised to us 13 years ago. Agreed. And it, sorry, Dan, just want to say thanks on, Harry. To, to Harry Weston as well. Um, he says the Cronkies are mirroring the LA Rams with their young manager, who goes to the Super Bowl thinking it will work over here. They're so far detached. And a big thanks to Harry. He's made a couple of uh, donations, I think, this evening. The chat is filling up so quickly. I keep missing them. Yeah, um, yeah. I thank you all so much. Go on, Dan. Sorry, mate. No, you're all right, buddy. I was just going to talk about the Cronkies and the what-ifs, really. And I know it's a bit depressing, but I always can't help but think what would have happened if Usmanov and David Dean would have, would have gone back and bought that 
and bought that club off of Kroenke because I sit there now and I think <clears throat> I've mentioned this bloke's name before, but Roman Abramovich for me was has been fantastic for Chelsea, and Usmanov was was richer than him. I think Usmanov was something like number two in the in the world of football as opposed to Roman Abramovich who's number eleven. So it just proves how rich he was, and obviously Kroenke doesn't want to budge, and you just think he would have thrown money in the right places in the right areas that we need, and he just seems to be more of a, a love for Arsenal with David Dean. And, um, yeah, what's this unique 79? Guys are on the ropes. What an utter disgrace. Someone's <laughs> yeah, just put in the chat there. The, 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 totally the agree. Let's, let's get this right. Someone's just put in the chat there. I've just seen it. We've spent £140 million in the, in the summer. Right? Yes, we did spend £140 million in the summer, but we we recouped about 100 odd million. You know what I mean? So we don't get fooled by how much we spent. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we, we, we recruited a lot of that money. And that's that's the problem that we've got at this moment in time, you know. It is going to take us a very, very big amount of money to sort out this back four. Because gone are the days, boys, when you can go to Brighton and just nick someone on the cheap or go to somewhere. If, say, if you want to go and get dunked, do you think they're going to give him to us? We're going to have to pay big money for him, you know what I mean? Like We're going to have to go and pay big money for, for certain players, you know. And where are the you know, look? Listen, we've got a fantastic deal on Martinelli. Some someone somewhere there picked him up for six million pound. Is is maybe we've got to do a few of them as well. But you know, we went and spent the six million that we got for Martinelli. We wasted eight on on David Luiz. You know, this is what I'm saying. You know, we've got a we've got a fifty million pound striker sitting on the bench. You know, and if he don't sit on the bench, then we've got a seventy million pound player sitting on the bench you know these are the problems that we've got you know what i mean the recruitment's not been good we've got we've got and, and i'm sorry boys but if you've got a chairman or an owner that's watching the games he can see for himself what's going wrong you know ken Wright, see what was going wrong at, at everton uh then down the road see what was going wrong with with pochettino see it Chelsea see it with Abramovich. We have got to get somebody in there. And, and you know, if the Russian fellow that we was there were having there would, would have been there, Ultimov, whatever his name is, if we'd have got him, he would have been at the games every game. Do you know why? Because he follows Arsenal. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that is the problem we've got. We've got people that do not care about... Do you think... Those Cronkies are hurting like us three are and all the people in the chat about, about Saturday's game. They looked at the thing and said, oh, Arsenal lost 3-0. Oh, God. You know what I mean? Oh, and that's it. Let's go. To, you know, that's what they're worried about. They're not, they don't hurt like we do. And that's the problem. But I think as well, you look at the two best signings we've had in the last two transfer windows. It has been Martinelli and Guendouzi. And they both cost six million, eight million. Right? We've spent a lot of money in my opinion, but it's been in the wrong areas of the squad and on the wrong players. You know, we've spent we've spent a lot of money on Mustafi, a lot of money on Chaka. And if we've got players on a free, we've whacked them on ridiculous contracts like Mikatarian and, and Kalasinac. You know, these are all on over 100. I think Mikatarian's on £180,000 a week still. We still can't get rid of him. So we've had to loan him. All these players are stinking the place out and we cannot get rid of them. El Nenny still can't find a club on loan. Back he comes in the summer. We need to get rid of these players now. They're just dead wood. And if I 
was Freddie, still now, no matter what happens with Arteta, I would just be saying to these young lads, let's get Saka involved. Let's get Martinelli. Let's play Smith-Rowe instead of Ozil. Let's give Joe Willock a go next to Guendouzi. Let's give Bellerin, Tierney, Chambers and holding a chance to play his four at the back. Because at the moment, the players at the senior in this club, they're just not cutting the mustard. And it's not just all about Granite Xhaka and Kalasinat. It is Mustafi. It is Luiz. It is Socrates. It is Mesut Ozil. So it isn't just two or three players that we all hate. There's four or five that are really not pulling their weight, but they seem to be playing every single game. Now, I'm glad that David Luiz has been dropped. That's good. And Freddie's starting to play a few youngsters and he is hack hooking off people like Mesut Ozil for, for Smith Rowe. That's all great to see. But for me, maybe that's what Arteta, if he does come in, has to do with these young players because Chelsea have done it um, and proven that it can work. And I, I just hope that the, the attitude is, is better with some of our youngsters because the senior players, their attitude absolutely stinks because they're on ridiculous wages every week. I just, I don't know. I, the, the thing with playing all the young players, uh, it, it's a nice idea. In theory, it sounds good, but I don't see how a manager who's who's been given, you know, like Freddie Lundberg, he's coming in the interim with the, the idea of trying to turn things around, trying to get us back on track. And then I don't see how a manager can take that risk. I, I really don't. Like I just you say, but how you'd say take a risk. So, but but what are those seniors players are going to be any better than say I don't know. Let's say Rob Holding than Socrates. Let's say Willock than um, somebody like Jacker. Let's say Smith Rowe than Ozil. I just personally don't see at the moment that those senior players are like you can't drop me. I'm too good for this team. We but should I have those young like kids not. But if you make if you make those comparisons like the the ones you just made, like there's there's some of them that I get. Like for me, Martinelli, every time he plays, he performs. Warrants mm. a place in the side. Joe Willock, one week is okay, and the next week is shocking. Gwendouzi, one week is all right, the next week is shit. This is the problem that you get when you rely on young players. The most difficult thing to get out of a young player is a consistent performance. Yeah, I, I agree with that, yeah. And and at this point, where Arsenal are in free fall. Like this is not a case of Arsenal going, you know what, we're we're gonna miss out on the top four, but we're still gonna finish between fifth and eighth. So I can, you know, I can take that risk because it's not gonna make that much difference. We're not gonna get the top four anyway. We're in a point now where we're actually in free fall. The Arsenal are, are falling at a rate like they've never fallen before. And because of that, we need to we need to steady it somehow. And I just think that if I was a manager and I only had a brief uh, amount of time to make an impact, I couldn't put my hand on my heart and say that I trust Willock more than Jacker or that I trust right. uh, more than... Like, do, I you just think, do, do you think they give more effort though, Harry? Do you, not, do you see them and think actually that, you know, they might not be as good as say, if you don't think Willock's as good as Chaka, let's say, I see Willock putting in more effort and they might not be that good. And that's what I used to respect about Iwobi. He used to get so much stick. I would rather have 11 Iwobis that are trying and giving their heart out than a Meza Ozil walking around a pitch. But That's I just think, my opinion. I think like we, we get caught up in this thing where we're like, we need them to run more. We need them to track back. Manchester City yesterday, they didn't run a great deal more than Arsenal. What Manchester City do is they are clever. They work smarter, not harder. You, you're Gund you see Gundogan or Rodri and a player gets beyond them. They don't chase them back for 40 yards. They don't cover more distance no, they than an Arsenal player. They foul them, exactly, because they're working smarter, not harder. And I, 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 we're I, I, naive in that sense. Totally agree with that, Harry. Totally agree with that. We're, we're, not, we're not wise up on that light. But also, you have to ask yourself, I watched Manchester United work their absolute socks off to get in and around them, disjoint them and whatever. Like We never done that. You know, you, you whatever you say, we never done that. You know? And, and the worrying thing for me is, right, all of the, put all of our experienced players into the, into the team. 
Yeah. Not one of them would get into the Manchester City side. Not mm. one of them. Agreed. Now, when there's that, you know, that you've got to say to yourself, even if you're a, with, with players, it must be one player that can get in into into that side, you know? And there isn't. You, they wouldn't have one of our players. Like if you went to Pep, like, you can take one of them, like, you know, go, no, thank you. I'm happy with what I've got, you know? And that is the, 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 the real problem that Arsenal, with, the experienced players are not good enough because they keep continuing letting us down. And the youngsters are not quite ready yet, you know? Mm. But with the youngsters... Yeah, I agree with that. Good point. That's a good point. With the youngsters, what they need is somebody that they can look up to and someone that they can think, yep. do you know what I mean? This is what I'm, what I'm, this is what it's all about. What they're seeing is players just continually let them down, not bothered. So what does that do? Makes them not bothered so much. I look at, I look at um, Willock yesterday and, you know, he's been in and around the squad all the time. Um, and then, you know, off comes, um, uh, Meza Ozil, he's not put in. You know, they put in Smith Rowe's not been about all the time. And then he takes him on, takes him off, uh, takes off Terrell and puts him on. But then he must look at himself and say, Well, I, I, I've got to be given a chance better than someone like Terrell, better than someone like Shaka. But they're not. You know, I mean, how many more times are these players of experience going to be given chances before totally they turn agree. around uh, and totally say, agree. Like, we, we, Enough is enough? You know, I look at our back four. You know, probably now in this game, the Chambers will be dropped and deservedly so. And we'll have Louise come back. But the same mistakes will happen again. You know what I mean? And and we'll continue to do it. There's a, there's a weak mentality. And I I don't want, you know, when you go into a dressing room, you've got to have, it's got to be a good dressing room, but it's also got to be a ruthless dressing room. Where, when I mean like, you know, if things are not going right, People will tell you this is not acceptable. This is not right. You don't need the manager to come and tell you that. Like if you're not pulling your weight or you're not doing something, players used to should be in there pulling you up on it. But if your top players are the ones that are causing all the crap, how can it's not like someone like Joe Willett can go up to to, to Ms. Ozen and go, "Oi, you ain't pulling your weight here." You know, it comes from the players up the top, and it's just all round just not been good enough. What we've got to do is get these players out. And, and start again, and 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 I mean a whole lot to start mm. again. Otherwise, oh, honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't cry. I honestly wouldn't cry if if we sold this team. I would not be upset, and I include Aubameyang and Lacazette in that as well. I honestly would not be upset. And there's never, oh, I've never said you. that. I've never said that in, in in the 32 years I've supported Arsenal. I would have been I would have been horrendous if we would have lost Thierry Henry or Vieira in the invincible days. This team just, I have no. Uh, kind of love or passion for any one of those players that I sit there and go, he's my favourite one, don't want to get rid of him. And I should be saying that about Aubameyang and I should be saying that about Lacazette and even Leno and Torreira when he's on a good day, those sort of players I'd normally love. But as a collective, there's just no team effort. And I look at teams around us like Wolves, Sheffield United, even Leicester, even Chelsea, who have obviously had a couple of bad results but have looked amazing for me this season from what I expected. They're all playing as a team. We do not play as a team. Individually, I don't think the players are horrendous as horrendous as they've been playing as a team. I honestly believe that it's just a lack of uh, confidence, a lack of uh, quality together, a lack of um, knowledge, a lack of coaching, tactical uh, sort of analysis. There's nothing there that I look at as a collect and just think, 
this team are looking like they just need uh, somebody to come in and just give them a little bit of a sort of, you know, pat on the back and they'll all be fine. This is some serious work that needs to be done here, uh, you know, and, and I'll come back to it again. I don't think Arteta can do that. I think that he's going to potentially have a great style if we believe what we hear that he's learning off Pep. We hear that Javi Alonso or Javi may come with him as a number two. Yeah, brilliant. I welcome that. But is, is he really going to sort us out defensively? I just don't think he will. The problem is as well, like we keep talking about, you know, throw the youngsters in instead. And when I look at that group of youngsters, I think some of them are so bloody overrated. <coughs> I mean, Gabriel Martinelli comes in. He has got that typical South American. I'm never going to give up any ball attitude. He works like an absolute beast. He, he for me, epitomizes what a young player should be like. Gets his opportunity, gives everything every time he's on the pitch, makes things happen. His attitude is 100% spot on. Matteo Genduzzi. At times, I've criticised him. At times, I think he's a little bit theatrical. I think he gets involved in shit that he shouldn't, like with the referees throwing himself on the floor. But you can tell that's a kid that wants to win and a kid that's got the desire to go to the very top. And then I look at Reese Nelson and I look at Joe Willock and I don't see that. I genuinely mm. don't see that. I don't no, see that. And same. I would agree. I would I, agree I, with you, mate. I, I, I would I agree with you. I don't see that same fire in him. Is it because the likes of Gabriel Martinelli have come from have come from Brazil in the lower leagues, whereas somebody like Joe Willock has grown up in an Arsenal academy. Is it that? Maybe. I don't know. But for me, I just look at that those guys and I think it's all good saying that our big players are not good enough and they're not doing it. But I don't look at the alternatives and think that they're any going to make any difference. I have to, I have to, I have I have to, to agree with you. One, one point there, though. If, and I, if I was Reese Nelson, right? Yeah. Maybe he's given up a little bit because he's seeing Pepe play rubbish every week and he's been overlooked. You know, and thinking to himself, well, what have I got to do? You know what I mean? Like, I do worry about it. You know, Seco, for instance, I don't think has been great, but the last two games at left back has been sensational since he's played left back. He's going to have to play there now for three or four games because, funny enough, we've got two wing, uh, two of our midfield players are going to have to play fullbacks for the next two or three weeks. Unbelievable, isn't it? It's unbelievable. <laughs> you know what I mean? We we never we never we knew that Bellerin wasn't going to be ready for this season, but we still didn't go and buy a right back. Now you know these are all little problems that are going to say. And we're coming to the end of the show now, so I just want a quick quick thing. Like you know, we all we all it's you know with Ancelotti going to Everton, it's all all but done that Arteta is going to come to uh, to Arsenal. You've got to do two, three, three little things. If you was Arteta, what would those three bit three things be, Harry? What would you do? The first three things you'd do. Oh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Where do you start? First of all, I'd get a backroom staff in with me. Um, and I'd insist on bringing the people that I wanted with me, um, not the ones that the club are going to put in place. I think when you're somebody like, if we're led to believe the stuff we hear about Arteta, which is that he's got a very clear philosophy, that he's someone at the club are looking to have in the long term, then you've got to let him do what he wants in the sense that he's got to bring the right people with him. That's the first thing. Um, secondly, he's got to instill some kind of philosophy into this team and stick with it. He can't be doing what Unai Emery did, and that was changing things every week because uh, out of desperation to get results. You've got to just write off this season if, you, if you're going to do that and look at the long term. You've got to get someone in who you know, has a clear way of playing and let them implement that. And it's going to be painful at the beginning. But you got to let him do that. Well, I've got um, a, sorry, I just want, just want to quick, quick, quick. Someone's just messaged me, which is a good little, a very interesting. Like, you know, what would you think about if Arsenal were to bring back Fabregas in January? I'd be all for it. He's better than the shit we got. That's the point. 
Yeah, of course I'd love it. He's a fan favourite, and I think at 33 he could still do a job for us because I don't rate any of our other midfielders. So I would 100% say that. And I think that's something that we need. And when you said what three things would I do, one of them them was uh, kind of linked to that, was to get the fans back on side because this toxic fan base is doing me in at the moment. And I think we need something to try and get us united. And I think that Arteta, as much as I've, uh, you know, I still don't believe that I'm, it's quite an underwhelming uh, sort of appointment. I do believe that if he can try and unite the fans like Duncan Ferguson's done at Everton and try and get them together and show a bit of passion on the sideline, then perhaps that's a good way forward. The other two things I'd do is work out which one of these, which ones of these players are coachable, because I believe there's five or six that are not coachable now, because they've been they're just at the age where they're not going to, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I believe that in Lewis and Socrates and even some of the late 20-year-olds like Kalasanac and Shaka, I just don't think they've they've got it in them to turn their their style around. And the last thing I'd do is implement a style. And that would be if he's going to learn off Pep Guardiola, make sure you implement that style with the young players that you believe can be, you can coach into that way of playing football. They're the three things that I do. But it's an interesting point about Fabregas because yeah, we, yeah. Hear quite a lot, we hear quite a lot about Arteta uh, being linked with the Spanish players, and we've already I've already mentioned that Jabi Alonso is favourite to come as his number two, and if not, um, then Xavi, because you've got to remember that Pep will need a number two, and it looks like he's going to go for one of those players um, if if Arteta does come. So that would be interesting to see if if that was would then lure Fabregas back, because just, I would love to have him personally. I've, I wanted him to come back. Like, years. just text me and just said, "What about Fabregas?" Because what he would do is he's come through the academy, he knows what it's all about. And players would look up to him. He wouldn't be able to play week in, week out, but he would give us something that we haven't got at this moment in time. And we'd also be able to get him for fairly cheap because I think he's at Monaco still, and he must be thirty-three, is he? Something like that. Yeah, and so I, think I, I wouldn't have thought it'd be that much in January. So I'd be, I'd be more than happy with that. I really would. And you know, I, I didn't really want to get rid of Cazorla either. You know, I know he had injury problems, but I thought he was, he was, he's still better than what we got. You know, Santi Cazorla. Yeah, these players we've lost. He's, having, he's having a good season. Not been replaced. A yeah. very good season. You just think these players we've lost, we haven't replaced them to live with, with the same quality. You know, we're replacing Fabregas with, with um, you know, Coquelin and we're looking at getting rid of, you know, getting in Granite Xhaka and when we're losing like Aaron Ramsey and all this, you just think, no, we've we've lost the heart of our midfield and so many players have left us now, like Sanchez's and, and not been replaced. And it's sorry times, mate. It's sorry times, boys. Yeah. It really is. Fabregas is 32. He's 32, right? And guess who his his uh, his agent is? Go on, Darren Dean. Is he still his agent? It is. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. yeah. So like, I I think you know, he, you know, he would do something. He'd give us something. I tell you what, like you know, someone just said he hasn't got the legs. Or like, nor is Mesut Ozil. You know what I mean? Like, and I just think that there'd be. Do you know what I think he would do? He 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 would. Just thinking about it. Would would come here and try and prove a point, you know what I mean? And I think it'd be a, you know, I mean, it'd be a good thing to to um to do, you know. Um, as you say, at Monaco, we jump at the chance to come back to London. I think that um, uh, it would be a good thing, and I'm probably like, you know, in te- you know, say to him like, you know, come and play for us for a couple of years, and maybe go and do your coaching badges while you're at it or whatever. Like, I think it, you know. I don't know, you know. But I'll tell you what, we'll leave it on that note with a little bit of positivity. Like one of the old boys may, may come back. We never know, like, you know what I mean? But just get a, some legs around him as well. That's what we need, like, you know. That's it. So just a quick one, guys. It's coming up on Twitter and I haven't looked into this. I'm just reading it. But Craig's mentioned it in the comments as well that 
City are looking for compensation for Mikel Arteta. Oh, um, well, that's the end of that then. David Ornstein has said that Arsenal have held two meetings with Arteta. They're yet to inform City, who would want a seven-figure sum of compensation. Arteta has informed City about the talks. And uh, senior figures at Arsenal feel the ex-player can he- help to get the AFC identity back. That's what's going around Twitter at the moment. Mm. Oh, I obviously, I haven't looked into it. because we're Oh, all right. so we'll be looking for somebody else now and then, like, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, so that's the end of that. Like, big you know? Sam won't want compensation, will he? He's a free I'll tell you, I'll take Big Sam. I'll take Big Sam. Come and, come and be, uh, look, I wouldn't say manage, but like, come and help us out in our defending because <laughs> it'd certainly improve it, like, you know. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm for anybody whether it be Big Sam, Tony Adams, Martin Keown, any of them coming in and sorting out that rubbish that we've got at the back, like, you know, that's it. There you go, like, you know. yeah, Lads, you now, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure, uh, as always. Hour and ten minutes have been going, and it's been gone so quick. It's, it's unreal how quick it goes, like, you know. Thanks to everybody in the chat. Some fascinating stuff. You know, sometimes it's 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 very, very interesting to be uh, sitting looking at this and uh, as well as trying to... Uh, involve yourself in conversations but uh, absolutely brilliant like you know so uh, thanks for all the contributions in the chat thanks to you harry i know you've been Thank a little you. bit out of day like but um you never I'm know furious. Like, you know. i'm in a bad mood oh, today no, yeah. i apologize everyone no no worries i think you're we're all we're all in a bad mood like you know dan thank you very much for coming on as per usual um hopefully yes, um i don't know what's going to happen next week because um i don't forgot to show next week or not we'll have to um uh, just look out on the Twitter and see if there is or there isn't. Like, you know, I'm off to uh, Everton up in Liverpool and Manchester for the weekend. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And then uh, obviously back then we're getting quite near Christmas. So if, um, we'll see what it is. But if uh, if we're not on, listen, have a nice Christmas, everybody. And, um, uh, Lee, Lee, can I just plug something quick? On, yeah, um, go on, plug, plug. plug on, Wednesday, on Wednesday, I've got my preview for Arsenal-Everton game. I think, Lee, you're with me, aren't you, Wednesday? And then we've Wednesday, got a couple of Everton... Yeah. Couple of Everton fans on with us as well, just to discuss that game at the weekend. So join us at seven o'clock on Wednesday for me and Lee to have a chat about hopefully an Arsenal win at the weekend against Everton. There you go, like that. And then hopefully we'll be back. If we're not back on Monday, as I say, like have a lovely Christmas, everybody. Thanks for everybody for watching and the contributions throughout the year. It's been absolutely fantastic. We've loved it, boys, haven't we? Like you know, and um, absolutely. Uh, um, uh, quickly before we go, Olympiacos in the uh, uh, Harry's happy about that. By the way, that's the only thing that's made him smile. I am, I am. It's an excuse. <laughs> it's an excuse to go to Greece without the misses. Yeah, that's it. Like you know what I mean. So, uh, <laughs> so we enjoy that trip. Like so, we got them in the in the Europa League. Hopefully by then we'll have a new manager as well. Like you know. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Up the Arsenal, and uh, we go again next week. Up the Arsenal. Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.